DBHDD is reminding Georgians to ask their doctor about alternatives to opioid pain medication. Alternatives such as over-the-counter medications and physical therapy can be used to manage pain. More information at opioidresponse.info. Hello and welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Friday, March 31st. I'm Orlando Montoya. On today's episode, Georgia representatives in Congress are sponsoring legislation aimed at producing more airline pilots and technicians. Rising waters in South Georgia have forced some residents out of their homes. And University System of Georgia Chancellor Sonny Perdue joins me later in the podcast to talk about the legislature's decision to cut millions of dollars from its budget. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Three members of Georgia's U.S. House delegation have signed on as original co-sponsors for federal legislation aimed at producing more airline pilots and technicians. Among them is Democrat Lucy McBath, who worked for three decades as a flight attendant for Atlanta-based Delta Airlines. She says the bill will add training at commercial airline schools as qualified expenses under tax-advantaged investment accounts, much like those used to save for colleges and universities. We just need to be giving our young people more opportunity to chase their dreams and chase their dreams in a way that also builds our economy and it just really strengthens our our travel industry. Georgia Republicans Mike Collins and Drew Ferguson are also original co-sponsors. The proposal comes as the airline industry struggles with staffing shortages. It's official. Wellstar is taking over Augusta University Health System. The University System Board of Regents voted today in favor of the takeover. The 632-bed Augusta University Hospital, currently run by the state's only public medical school, will be renamed Wellstar MCG Health. GPB's Ellen Eldridge has more. Under the deal, Wellstar will also acquire the Georgia Cancer Center, Children's Hospital of Georgia, and a rehabilitation hospital in Warm Springs. Wellstar CEO Candace Saunders says they plan to invest $800 million in facilities and training for future doctors. Whether that's increasing the number of physicians and clinicians who study at the Medical College of Georgia and train at Wellstar and then practice in our Georgia communities or innovative virtual healthcare options. Pending regulatory approvals, the organizations plan to close the merger in late summer. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge. South Georgia is watching rising waters coming down the Flint River from this week's storms. About 40 homes were evacuated in Montezuma, where water levels peaked yesterday. That water is now reaching the impounded Lake Blackshear, where Ronnie Miller manages the dam for Crisp County Power. It's going to increase the rest of today, and we're slowly letting the lake refill, actually, because we've, we lowered it seven foot, so we have room to take those flows. Miller does not expect the lake to go above its normal pool. An Augusta public defender is facing a felony charge for handing an inmate a roll of toilet paper. The Richmond County Sheriff's Office said yesterday that attorney Rodriguez Burnett was arrested for distributing contraband to a detainee, his client, at the county jail. The inmate took the roll's wrapper and hid it in his clothing, later sharing the wrapper with other inmates. The sheriff's statement says detainees often use toilet paper wrappers to roll tobacco or other substances, and so it's considered contraband. Introducing contraband to inmates is a felony. 
The University System of Georgia is denouncing the $66 million in budget cuts that state lawmakers approved for the system on Wednesday. The cuts will hit each of the system's 26 public colleges and universities differently. They range from an estimated $12 million cut for the University of Georgia to a $200,000 loss for Atlanta Metropolitan State College. Earlier today, I spoke with University System Chancellor Sonny Perdue. It's disappointing uh, because for 30 years, really since Dell Miller brought the Hope Scholarship to Georgia, uh, the General Assembly has invested in higher education whenever they've had the money. While I was governor, we didn't have money, but we tried to spare the, uh, the university system as much as possible uh, relative to other agencies. And the sad part is, is that uh, uh, we've always invested in higher education in Georgia. That's a reputation Georgia has. The Senate said that the university system could use reserves to absorb the $66 million in cuts. What do you make of that assertion? Well, let's talk about that for a second, because I think that's an important point that needs to be clarified. Uh, it was said that we can absorb it because we have $504 million in uh, money that's left over in that way. And that's, uh, that is true in one regard. It's almost like a retained earnings in business. But it's, uh, it's not evenly distributed, and we have no ability in the Board of Regents to redistribute that among other institutions. For instance, of the $504 million, 82% of that is held by six of our largest institutions. The uh, other 20 uh, do not have those kind of balances, and their cuts, proportionate cuts of the $66 million would be more than the uh, uh, than the reserve that they have. So this uh, carry-forward money that was discussed, I think, uh, may have been unintentionally uh, misinformed the Senate in a way that they think we can redistribute that. But we don't have any. Uh, that belongs to the institution. The funding was in Governor Kemp's original budget. Do you have any idea why the reduction on funding happened? And did you have any kind of heads up? General Assembly was very gracious to us in the amended budget as we appealed to a $105 million appropriation to uh, fund the electronic medical records that was needed for Augusta University and the health system there. I think it's unfortunate that the original cut that came from the Senate was uh, $105 million plus. And uh, I guess you probably need to ask the Senate uh, about their motives in that area. But the governor's budget did include it. The House budget, when it came from the House, the full funding was included as well. And when it appeared in the Senate, that uh, the funding disappeared. You sent out a list of financial impacts for each university, ranging from nearly $12 million for the University of Georgia to $200,000 for Atlanta Metropolitan State College. And I think what everybody wants to know is, can you tell us what those cuts will look like? You know, What programs or staff could be affected the most? No, we can't because this has been sprung on us very quickly. We were already making plans for less money as it was and realigning people, programs, uh, eliminating unfilled positions and those kind of things. In fact, in some institutions, we were already it was already affecting uh, people who were employed as well. So we've got to go back to the drawing board now and see how we can manage uh, this additional cut uh, at those universities, those institutions that uh, 
some of them are, are least uh, able to, to accommodate them. That was University System of Georgia Chancellor Sonny Perdue talking about the $66 million in budget cuts that state lawmakers approved on Wednesday. Reactions in Georgia to former President Donald Trump's indictment yesterday were largely muted. Georgia's Democratic members of Congress had nothing to say about Trump on their social media accounts, although the Congressional Black Caucus, which represents many of them, applauded the announcement. Governor Brian Kemp also didn't mention it on social media, although the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported that he told WSB that he thought the prosecution was politically motivated. Political reporter Matt Brown was monitoring Georgia reactions for the Washington Post and spoke to GPB's Political Rewind. Representative Andrew Clyde came out and said that he believed that this was an example of America's two-tier justice system, um, which is something that is, you know, a fascinating inversion of, you know, the discourse that you normally hear Democrats and Republicans talk about on this issue. Rome Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene called the prosecution a, quote, witch hunt and posted on social media that she would attend a protest in New York on Tuesday. Beyond Trump's legal woes in Manhattan, he faces a Georgia investigation looking into whether he and his allies illegally interfered in the state's 2020 election. The Atlanta Braves beat the Washington Nationals yesterday 7-2 on opening day at Nationals Park. All but two of the Braves' 12 hits were singles. They got some help from three errors by Washington shortstop C.J. Abrams and a bases-loaded walk by Nationals starter Patrick Corbin. Pitcher Max Freed exited the game early with what Atlanta said was left hamstring discomfort. Manager Brian Snitker said Freed will miss a start and probably head to the 10-day injured list. Braves play in Washington again on Saturday and are on the road for a few days before the home opener at Truist Park next Thursday. Very excited to announce that Georgia Public Broadcasting has a couple of new podcasts for you to check out. First, A Fork in the Road. The GPB TV fan favorite now has a podcast. A Fork in the Road features Georgia's farmers, retailers, artisans, chefs, and other key players who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Host David Zelski walks us through the interesting stories of the origins of these businesses, how they operate, and what it takes to succeed. Second is the Peach Jam podcast. Now, this is really fun. It features songs and stories from a variety of the incredibly talented and diverse bands and artists who call the Peach State home. Recorded live in our GPB studios, you can get a front row seat for the intimate musical performances and free-flowing conversation from a truly eclectic variety of Georgia musicians. And as always, subscribe to our podcasts at gpb.org podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'm glad you joined me for today's edition of Georgia Today. If you haven't yet hit subscribe on the podcast, take a moment right now and keep us current in your podcast feed. Hit subscribe. And as always, if you have feedback, let us know. Email us at georgiatoday at gpb.org. It was nice sitting in for Peter Biello for a few days, but he'll be back on Monday. As for me, I'm Orlando Montoya. Have a great weekend.